I, yeah, I'm not sure why we minimize that sometimes. Um, um, uh, probably because it's not the main focus in, in, in our lives, in our relationship with the Lord in general. And um, I think we tend to pray when things aren't going well. I'm like that. <laughs> it's like, Lord, help me. Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I'm your host for today's conversation with Susanna Clodagh. Susanna is the Missions and Outreach Ministry Director at Northwest Church in Federal Way, Washington. Northwest Church is making a significant impact both locally and globally by sending and supporting both long-term missionaries and short-term teams who teach biblical truth, rely on the Holy Spirit's conviction and guidance, and serve in a variety of roles appropriate to that culture. But everything at Northwest Church begins and ends with prayer, and even more so when it comes to missions. So I asked Susanna why this is so important to her. Um, gosh, prayer is one of the most important things. I think when when you look back even at history of missions in general, um, I like to read lots of books on that. The, the, people always started with prayer. Any Anything that, that is launched always starts with prayer, but it doesn't stop once it is launched. I think when missionaries go or ministries start, we have to continue to pray through, I think mainly because of the spiritual warfare that goes on as, as we do missions and um, the spiritual warfare that missionaries go through as they get sent and are on the mission field. And so I think prayer is really one of the most effective and most important things that we as the church can do as we do missions and outreach and send missionaries. Why do you feel like so often we minimize the importance of that in the actual way that we live things out in our churches? Why do we minimize the importance of prayer when it comes to our outreach and our mission? Well, I'm I'm guilty of that. <laughs> I think I sure, think we all are. Yeah. I, I think we all are. Um, I think when things go well, we don't feel the need, you know, unless we hear of a need, um, we don't feel the need to prayer. But um, it, the communication with God is 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 always important, and um, as 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 you know, you I kind of want to differentiate differentiate between mission missions and outreach and missionaries that we we send i think um as we prepare for a mission or an outreach you know leading up to it is it's it's very important to pray and then obviously while we're on mission it's really important to have that backup prayer to be able to send an email or a text to a team back home that's that's ready to pray and say hey can you pray for this this is going on um and for when we send missionaries, um, when when they're on the mission field, um, just for them to know that there is that backup that they can refer to when things are going tough, when they're struggling, um, or even when things are going well, um, sending praise reports, I think um, is um, is is just is really needed and and important. And um, I yeah, I'm not sure why we 
minimize that sometimes. Um, um, mm. Uh, probably because it's not the main focus in, in, in our lives, in our relationship with the Lord in general. Mm. And um, I think we tend to pray when things aren't going well. I'm like that. <laughs> it's like, Lord, help me. <laughs> um, um, but to learn, I think a praying life means we converse with God all day long and it just becomes part of who we are, not what we do. And then I think if our personal life reflects that, then what we do in ministry will reflect that as well, if that makes sense. Um, I used to think that praying was just spending a few minutes in the morning, you know, as re I read my Bible, I kind of pray for people about things. And then I've realized that it really is something that I, I do all day long. I communicate with God when I'm driving, when I'm doing dishes. And sometimes they're just prayer of things. Sometimes they're prayer of, um, oh, Lord, I need you or um, something that comes to mind. Um, and if we can apply that to missions and outreach, how much more effective will we be in the spiritual realm, but also the people in the ministries that we're praying for? You know, it's you, you mentioned that prayer when it comes to missions and when it comes to outreach and praying for those people and those organizations and those ministries that we care about and that we support um, starts with us praying um, and our own prayer life will then flow into that. Mm -hmm. And then you also interestingly mentioned that it's important for us to not just be getting that our communication from us to those people, but also hearing back from them. What um, has been your experience when you have those conversations with people serving um, in missions and in outreach and in other contexts outside of the U.S.? What has been your experience regarding what their prayer life is like as a result of being in those contexts? We used to just ask for prayer requests from our missionaries or we'd get their newsletters and that's what we would base our prayers on. And then um, I kind of launched a series for our church during the pandemic actually called Meet Our Missionaries. And um, so mm -hmm. rather than, so every month I would set up a Zoom call with one of the missionaries that we support and I would invite our congregation into it. And um while not many people from the congregation attended, I think they were all zoomed out at the moment. <laughs> um, I would always have a handful of people join me. But what what it what it did is it allowed me to really get to know the missionaries and see what they're going through, what their life is like. And um, I don't know that we necessarily talked about their prayer life, although I you know I I, I know as missionaries their prayer lives is very evident. But it gave me a whole new view on really how to pray for them with them in mind and, and um, you know, seeing some of the pictures or ministries that they do and, and partnering with them in prayer. I don't know if that answers your question, but... It does. It helps me kind of understand what the experience has been like. You know, you talk about the pandemic too and how you guys, you know, every church that we talk to, every missions pastor that we talk to, sort of their ministry is divided into two different eras. And that was before the pandemic mm -hmm. and then after the pandemic. But what really is interesting to me is, is how things developed during mm -hmm. that period, mm -hmm. that period of those couple of years. Um, 
what were some ways, you know, you mentioned these Zoom meetings and these communication, mm-hmm. out, you know, out strategies with your missions and your partners. What were some ways that you guys covered your partners and your missionaries with prayer during the challenging time? And how was the, pan- how did the pandemic impact what you guys were doing with missions and outreach? So before we, we did what probably a lot of churches do. We, um, well, actually, I, what, what we did is we had a monthly intercession for missions that we would invite uh, people into. And um, we would pray for our missionaries and our outreaches. Then every month um, I would set up a calendar that had daily prayer suggestions uh, that kind of corresponded with outreaches that we did with missionaries as they were doing certain events, events that we had at the church or in our community. Um, it included uh, ministries that we supported or in, in our community. And so we would have those available online and we would print those out for the congregation to grab after the services. And so every day during their prayer time, they would have a specific point to pray for. And, um, and so in order to put that together, I would email all the missionaries, you know, when I was putting it together, what are your prayer needs? What, how can we pray for you? And, um, and I think while it worked well, I really didn't know who was praying, how many people were praying. Mm-hmm. Was it really effective? And sometimes you don't know how ineffective something is until you take it away and then no one really asks for it. <laughs> so, right. so I realized, you know, we took the, the monthly prayer calendar away. And there were a handful of people, maybe a do- maybe 10 at the most who asked like, what, what happened? I, I missed that prayer list. And, and I realized, wow, you know, we'll, we'll put all this work into it. And, uh, and, <laughs> and um, I'm not really sure how many, how many people took advantage of that. So as difficult as COVID has been, you know, it's made us change things that we've done for so long, assuming they were effective or were served, serving its, their purpose and then maybe realize that either they had in the past, but weren't as effective anymore. And so that's when um, I try to come up with how can we really reach out to our missionaries and um, link our congregation to the missionaries and know how to pray for them. And we've always asked for an annual ministry report for our missionaries where we would get every year, um, we would they, we would send out a report, they would have to fill it out and send it back. And it would give us an idea what their mission is, their mission statement, how their focus has changed, what challenges they're facing, what testimonies or praise reports they had, some of the numbers, how many salvations, you know, how many people they reached, and then also what their finances are like, so we could give into their need and not just a, a set number. And, and and while that was great during COVID, when I started this Meet Your Missionary, I realized, wow, if we pair the two we get the annual ministry report for them. And around the same time, I, I have a Zoom call with them. You know, I have a face-to-face conversation. And it would be half hour, 45 minutes um, where I could hear from them personally, you know, what, how, how, how are things going during COVID? Are you able to do your ministry? What has been hard? You know, what? Um, and, um, and many times they wouldn't even have to mention their prayer requests just by seeing them and communicating with them and asking them com- some questions. I would know, wow, <laughs> they could really use prayer in this area. This is something that they're, cha- uh, the challenges they're facing or things that are, are difficult. And these are some, testimonies and exciting news that I can share. And so I, from, from that, um, I was like, okay, so now that things are, have slowed, you know, have gotten a little bit better, how, how do we 
move forward. And so next month, I'm starting a new thing that I'm going to call Missions Night at our church. And I'm starting it small. I'm kind of inviting people into it that are involved in missions and outreach at our church that are either leading one of our ministries or have in the past. And because we've made some changes even to the outreaches that we do, um, you know, we've had to close down some and we're opening some new ones. I'm inviting all of them in and um, what the night is going to look like. It's going to be about an hour and a half long and the first half hour, we'll always have a missionary there in person or on Zoom or pre-recorded Zoom if time difference doesn't allow it. Um, again, where my ministry leaders can get to know those missionaries and really know what God is doing around the world and who we're partnering with and how to pray for them. And then we're going to introduce a local ministry or something that we're doing at our church that's mission and outreach related so that all those people know the new things that we're doing, what, you know, see the people leading it or um, ministries in our community, have them come in, such as Young Life or Karen at Different and have them share. And then we're going to spend some time praying and, you know, maybe at tables and, and smaller tables. And I, I'm hoping that that will bring a new, breathe a new wind, fresh wind into into prayer at our church for missions and outreach because more people will be aware. And I hope from there that it'll go to the congregation because then now those maybe 30, 40 people that I'm inviting in will be able to share with others at the church. Did you know <laughs> that we have a missionary in Cote d'Ivoire that we support or in Thailand or in Germany and different places? That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's interesting how you partner or you, you're, you're pairing the idea of sort of missionary report with like an with mm-hmm. you know numbers and and stories and things like that in a in a you know written format in some way combining that with understanding mm-hmm. who your missionaries are personally and hearing their stories um with it how has that changed the way mm-hmm. you mentioned your staff um and and, and your people that, that serve alongside you and volunteer within the missions ministry how was that helped them understand what's going on as they've been participating in that as well. So the circle that has been participating in it has been pretty small. And so that's why I felt God said in this new season, I need to widen the circle. We have what we've called a missions council. And it's like an set eight to 10 members of our church that come and they rotate in and out every two years. And I just felt like they were the ones that would always hear about the missionaries, they would read the ministry reports, right? They would be part of that. But then when they rotate out, they wouldn't, you know, I would run into them months later and they're like, are we still supporting this person or how is that person doing? And I'm like, how can I get my congregation or 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 those people who really care are interested in knowing, you know, how can I have them be part of it? So I hope the missions night will do that. But certainly I know for for my People on the missions council who have been part of those Zoom calls, they have just been blessed by really seeing a face to the annual ministry report. Because it's one thing reading numbers and testimonies, but when you hear it from the person that wrote it, it you know, you have a face to the name. And that has certainly changed the dynamic. But interestingly enough, I think who has really been blessed by it have been our missionaries. Like when I started these Zoom calls, they would just thank me. 10 times saying, thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for, for listening, you know, to our stories or to what we have to say. And it just made me 
realize and growing up in missions, I kind of knew that, but being a missionary, you know, people, as you're being sent, the whole church makes a really big deal out of it. And you get to share in front of the church and in small groups and, you know, people start supporting you and they pray you out and they help you pack and they send you and then you leave. And it's, in some ways, it's almost like then you're forgotten. You know, I mean, the monthly checks come and maybe you'll send, you know, you'll get a response when you send a monthly newsletter. But a lot of the times you don't. And, you know, a lot of the communication that you had before is now gone and you're in a new place, you know, serving <laughs> in a new people group with the language that you're still learning and whatnot. And so, um, I, I, um, I, I've realized that it's not even just about praying for them, but really what they get out of the relationship that uh, they have with people who really reach out and ask, how are you doing? Can we talk? Can we FaceTime? You know, can we, um, um, and, and to respond to their newsletters. I think a lot of times I get so many newsletters, I don't always respond and I'm trying to be more purposeful in saying, hey, I got your update, that's so great, you know, because most of the time they don't get that response. So I think that, that, that those dynamics have definitely changed by us doing that. We often tend to make the simple very complicated. We want to build systems and processes and programs for managing our missions relationships. But the most powerful thing that we can do for these missionaries, our church's support, is to reach out and get to know them better. Susanna and Northwest Church are learning this well in the post-pandemic era. We'll get back to our conversation with Susanna after this brief message from One Child. Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end. And it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there, and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive. We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org slash partnership. I touched on it earlier in my conversation with Susanna when I said that most missions ministries can divide their history into a pre-COVID and post-COVID era. I asked Susanna to elaborate further on how the pandemic changed things for her and Northwest Church. I mean, I think any church would say that we are not the church we were two years ago, and we never will be. Um, you know, there's there was a whole migration of, you know, many, many people who, who ended up leaving our church for various reasons. Um, and many new people that have come, you know, that took a while. Our church is definitely growing, and we're in a, in a, in a really healthy place. But um, I think the hardest thing is there are some 
people who still hope that we are or think we're going to get back to just doing what we did before. Mm -hmm. And so pastoring people through that and realizing that there are some ministries you just have to close down because you don't have the leadership anymore. You maybe don't have the volunteers or maybe not the financial resources. And we've been blessed that finances have not changed for us through the pandemic. I know not all churches mm -hmm. can say that, um, but um realizing that everything has changed in the world and it's okay for us to change, <laughs> to make some changes, to adapt, to close ministries that maybe have, you know, served their time, right? They were great when we did them, but maybe God wants to do something new. And so to allow, um, to allow for that um, has been exciting, but also hard because there's a grief that comes with closing ministries that you've maybe done for a long time, saying goodbye to those and then praying, God, what, what do you want to do next? And, um, but I think just realizing that we will not go back, we'll never go back. Um, but that that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I think for some ministries maybe were at their end and the pandemic kind of sped up the closing of it and almost made it easier because suddenly there was a year or two when you couldn't do anything. And so then with everything that you start again, you're like, okay, are we just starting this again because we've been doing it for so long? Or is this really, does this still go with our vision, our mission, what God is calling us to do? And there were several things where we realized like, no, we really don't want to start those up again. We God wants to do something new, and so, so that's been um, good and difficult at the same time. Before, when we were preparing to start, um, you mentioned that you um, are really passionate about being intentional with your missionaries, and you mentioned you know some things that you guys are doing um, with that already when it comes to this new monthly missions emphasis evening and and things like that. What are some specific ways um, beyond that that you're leading Northwest to be very intentional with your missionaries? Yeah, there's a there's a book called Serving as Senders by Neil Parolo, and it just talks about that missionaries really need more than just prayer support, you know, um, that they need moral support, um, you know, obviously logistical support, depending on where they're at in their journey, financial support, um, and then um, communication support, and a lot of times re-entry support when they come back. Mm. And, and so really walking with our missionaries from beginning to end, I think is really has to be intentional and is important. And as a church, you have to differentiate there, there are some missionaries that you send as a church. Not every church has that. You know, a lot of times, bigger churches, we, we've had that. So we have some missionaries that we've actually sent. So I'm more intentional with them than with missionaries that we somehow got to know and were supporting. But I've noticed even those missionaries that we along the way may got to know, we got to know them and started supporting them, that um, we can be intentional with them, which the Zoom calls have helped with them. Um, a lot of missionaries will come home for sabbatical or furlough and visit the churches that, that support them. And so we actually just this past weekend had a missionary family from Cote d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast, um, visit us. We send our medical mission teams there every summer for two weeks for the last five, six years. And actually we're able to send a team this year, which was very exciting. Um, and so they, they came by and we allowed them to share a few minutes from the pulpit. And um, it was encouraging for us. I mean, they just blessed us and <laughs> shared some of the work that they do. 
But then we were also able to bless them. And they just thanked me. They said, you know, we not a lot of churches are giving us that opportunity. And you, th you think, wow, you know, for us, it's really not a big deal to give them three to five minutes during a service. But for them, it, it meant it, it really meant a lot that we would give them that opportunity and, you know, and kind of bless each other through that. So that's one of the ways um, sometimes missionaries will be in town and it doesn't really work out that they can say anything at our weekend services. So I try and invite, um, maybe invite them for lunch or do an evening and invite some other people mm -hmm. in where they can share about what they're doing, you know, just expand um, their widening their circle of people in our church that, that now know them. So that's, I think that's been um, effective and helpful and um, the annual ministry reports certainly help. Um, I'm, I'm sure when the missionaries get them, the first reactions, I was like, oh, that's a lot to <laughs> fill out. But I, I think what's interesting, and I've had some of my missionaries share that, that it's actually helped them having to fill out a, mm. a, an annual ministry report because it made them think about the things that God has done or the challenges that they've overcome or the 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 testimonies that have come come out of that you know so so um i think i would say those are all in intentional ways um obviously the financial support um you know to continue that um and we've been able to do that even through the pandemic and i know a lot of our missionaries have said their support has gone down and expenses have gone up through the pandemic so um we've been intentional about that um uh, yeah i think that's 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 some of the things I'm doing to try and make that intentional. That's awesome. So if you could, you know, if you were sitting down with someone that maybe is new moving into this role as a missions pastor, or they were a pastor at a church getting ready to bring on a missions pastor or something like that, and you could give them kind of one key piece of advice to kind of help them move to where they're wanting to go, what would you, what would you say to them? Oh, wow. That's a powerful question. <laughs> um, I, I would say that re relationships is really the most important in missions and outreach. It's more important in my opinion, what, than what you do is, um, you know, whether you build relationships with people in the community that you end up serving or helping. Um, you know, it's so easy to just write a check and say, oh, we support this organization. We do this and, and we need to, I, I, you know, God, that we need to other, for, to build the kingdom and to help and support all the, all the needs out there. We need to do that. But to, again, to going back to intentionality, to really focus more on the relationship with the ministries that we do, the outreaches that we support, the missionaries that we send and support, um, it, it's, it all starts with prayer and relationship. And, um, and so maybe I, I, I think that's the advice I would give them is don't focus so much on the task, but focus on the relationships, even within people at your church. Cause I think as pastors, it's easy to think that we have to do it all alone. But if you can surround yourself, if you can find through prayer and just relationships, people in your church who are with you, who have a heart for missions or maybe will have a heart permission they don't know it yet and give them an opportunity invite them in to partner with you and i think you will be much more effective than just doing programs and and financing those and, and doing it alone so relationships is very important in missions and outreach 
Prayer is the foundation of a strong relationship with the missionaries and ministries your church supports. Here are three key reminders from my conversation with Susanna. First, missionaries need more than just your prayer support. They need support in lots of other practical ways, training, resources, re-entry assistance. They're all part of how your church can actually put your prayers into action. But sometimes the most important thing that you can do is just truly to get to know them. Second, ministry has changed and that's okay. Uh, God uses these changes to lead us to new opportunities. So don't feel the pull to go back to the way things used to be in your missions ministry. Seek what God wants going forward. And then finally, missionaries aren't the only ones who need relationships and support. You do too. Seek to build relationships around you with those who also help build you up and encourage you. want to thank Susanna for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about Northwest Church, go to nwcfoursquare.org. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. This show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnership.